Hi folks, welcome back to Indigenous, an Indian sports podcast. Uh, today we are going to talk about uh, tennis and Indian tennis in particular. With me again, Charan and Bihari. Yeah, hi everyone. Hi everyone. I'm sure you guys are following the Australian Open, which is happening. Uh, it's in the second week right now. But I'm not. I'm not sure how many of us are actually following uh, Indian athletes. So yeah, we are going to focus on how India has fared at the Australian Open. Yeah, Sarath. Uh, how is it going for our Indians? Uh, well, on the whole, I guess it's more of a learning experience. Not not very positive results. Uh, but yeah, I think there is there is some hope at least at least in two or three of the. Okay. Yeah. What are these hopes actually uh, that you are mentioning? Like that's. Uh... So, yeah. So actually, I've I've uh, looked a little bit into Sumit Nagal, mm-hmm. uh, and I think like he's he's 23 years old, uh, and he's I, I I think some some of us know him from his uh, match against Roger in the U.S. Open. He actually managed to win the first set, and that was kind of like a turning point, uh, both in terms of tennis and also in terms of his. popularity yeah i think uh, he became a quite a celebrity after winning that i mean it's not the full match but winning a set from uh, roger roger federer i think it's a big thing yeah for sure and in fact i looked at uh, an interview with his family uh, they are actually from haryana and mm-hmm. for them the match was a win maybe for <laughs> us it wasn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> they definitely consider it as a victory just playing against roger uh, I, in fact i thought someone someone who's ranked around 100th in the world i thought might be sad to learn that their first match is against roger but in fact it's the opposite because this has been like a match he's been waiting for his whole life and though he knew that uh, it was a very tough match he he was quite happy and he couldn't even believe it when he learned that he drew roger Yeah, I think in tennis it's quite the opposite. I think, like in general, like in any in any sport, like players are looking for like at least the upcoming players are looking for the easy draw. So basically, they want to face like easy opponents at the start and tough opponents at the as the tournament progresses on. Uh, but with tennis, I think uh, people are really excited uh, to actually face the top ten players. because it's a huge opportunity for them to see how they are and what level they are at yeah i i i guess more than uh, like you know the the like ranking of players it it depends like you obviously do not want to start with a tough draw but you know the things change we are when you are playing legends basically so like you do not want to play against tough teams but like when you are bowling to tendulkar maybe in your first match you will be like oh yeah i i got this opportunity like let's make the most of it because you know like you have got nothing to lose even if you would lose like you are basically so like like sarath said right ki in in terms of popularity is it was a huge thing so like if if even if you are playing federer you know that you got more coverage than you probably wanted even if you are going to lose the match so basically even your like you know one or two shots which were which are extraordinary would be considered would be seen by many of the and and who knows you you might end up with you know some of the fan following so so it it's it's different when you are playing a legend versus you know just some random uh, like a uh, top ranked dude maybe yeah in fact in case of federer i think federer is now going to turn 40 this year which is kind of sad that he's aging but uh, from sumit's point of view uh, he must have grown up looking at and idolizing federer and to actually play him uh, before before he hangs up his boots that that i think was like big opportunity yeah so 
Sarath, who, uh, who else is there from Indian tennis? Like, who are all other players? I mean, yeah. I remember Leander Pace and Mahesh Bhupati, the doubles pair. They used to win a lot of titles for India when I was young. But yeah. after that, I'm pre- not pretty sure who is playing now, for example. Yeah, yeah. In fact, so uh, in the main draw, it's, it's just Sumit uh, who played in the singles this time at Australian Open. And unfortunately, he uh, he was defeated in straight sets in the first round itself. Uh, it could be uh, it could be like due to a different reason. In fact, he played the same opponent uh, a week ago, but he still couldn't uh, overturn the result. But uh, in doubles, uh, India has done well traditionally, and we have we have Rohan Bopanna. I'm I'm sure many of those who follow tennis might have heard his name at some point. So we have him in doubles, and we also have Ankita Rena. Uh-huh. Uh, she's actually a 28 year old uh, who's from Kashmir, and she currently lives in Ahmedabad. So uh, we also have her in women's doubles. And unfortunately, uh, we none of our athletes progress beyond the first round. Yeah. So actually, at least in terms of singles, for example, I would say that uh, we cannot just look at the results of the main draw. Uh, in fact, the the way singles works is that we only look at the two weeks which happen during the tournament, like the first from the first round. But even before the first round, they have qualifiers, and a player has to win three qualifying matches uh, to get a place in the main draw. And uh, I think Sumit managed to get a direct entry uh, into the main draw. Uh, but we also had two other players uh, who couldn't make it beyond the qualifiers: Rajnesh Guneshwaran. Mm-hmm. Currently, India's top-ranked singles player. Actually, uh, he's okay. even a little above Sumit. And we also have Ram Kumar Ramanathan. So both of them, uh, they were in the qualifiers for singles, yeah. but they lost in their second qualifier. So they they couldn't win all three. They couldn't okay. make it. So uh, usually, how does it work in the Grand Slams? Like, uh, how is the seeding done at the start of the tournament? Like. Which ranked players will go to the direct directly to the main draw, and which players need to play the qualifiers? Yeah, in fact, it's it it's actually uh, we only we only see things from like top down because we see the Grand Slam. But for most of these players, it's actually bottom up. Like Grand Slam main draw, at least for Indian singles, uh, making the draw is a big thing right now. So yeah, we have we have tournaments like challenger tournaments atp 250 tournaments atp 500 uh, we usually tend to watch only atp 1000 and the grand slams but there is this entire structure below and players have to accumulate points uh, by playing in these tournaments which decide their seeding and yes then they get a chance to play in grand slam qualifiers and then they have to prove themselves in the week before in fact for them it's quite challenging that they play in the week before the grand slam begins mm. in the qualifiers and then immediately if they win they'll start playing like the best players in the world right after, like a steep upward curve. Yeah, and also physically, it might it might be very challenging to play three matches and then come to the first round because all the players who are starting directly in the first round are relatively more fresh compared to these players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, in in, uh, in case of Ankita Raina, uh, she's been improving in her singles performances uh, over the last three years. Uh, so, like I said, we have these qualifiers q1 q2 and q3 and this time she almost made it to the main draw in singles so she did play the doubles first round but in fact in singles she almost made it 
she lost in her third qualifier so but based on her results in let's say 2020 was kind of a washout but based on her results in 2019 and going by her current form i think we can expect her to uh, make it to the main draw sometime later like maybe at wimbledon or us open yeah 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 i also saw that like like hard court and grass courts are basically suits her her style of play and you know she is a more of the baseline you know speed generating kind of a player basically yes uh, yes exactly yeah so in fact i think sumit and ankita who are probably at least my biggest hopes in singles uh, mm-hmm. they have very different styles of play sumit sumit actually idolizes uh, nadal and his favorite surface is clay and mm-hmm. he, his game is based on forehand court coverage like running around creating angles from the baseline mm-hmm. uh, but i think Ank- based on what i've seen ankita's game is uh, more around trying to finish rallies quickly good shot uh, just to take a step back guys um so how does a court impact the gameplay in tennis like how does it matter if i'm playing on clay court grass court hard court what is the difference so uh like what what happens is basically you know the the bounce speed the spin the ball um uh, happens to come at actually differs and and the 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 speed after basically bouncing the is is all different for for all the surfaces basically yeah. so like i if i would state for grass basically the like the ball moves quickly and the ball skids mostly the bounce is not much basically so like giving the spin is maybe not important but like you know being quick in your reflexes and uh, you know the the good serving players basically who like generate speeds from your serve as well that that becomes crucial in in comparison to let's say a rather slow surface which is like clay where you cannot generate that much of speed from your serve basically so rallies will not get over quickly the ball will come a bit slower but but yeah you, you basically play it with more spin so basically it, it it bounces more and the rallies are a bit longer the matches are a bit longer you need more stamina to play those matches rather than your reaction time actually the the stamina that you have plays a more crucial role but sarath would you like to pitch in with uh, with some additional yeah yeah i think depending on what kind of player you are you you tend to play better on some surfaces uh, especially those who are like quick with their reactions good at serve and volley and who have let's say more variety in their game they would pr- uh, probably prefer grass courts uh, where they can finish points quickly Uh, whereas those who have very good fitness uh, who can deal with bouncing balls and who can just keep running around covering covering every blade uh, every inch of the court they would prefer clay court um, and in fact i think that is where sumit's game is kind of in fact uh, i remember that federer himself commented after the match against sumit and mm-hmm. he mentioned that sumit's game relies more on consistency rather than surprise or variety so uh-huh. but i think he can add some surprise to his game uh, because i think at the highest level especially in grand slam uh, even the first second round although we tend to think of them as just the first round or second round because we follow the tennis greats uh, but the competition is quite harsh severe and unless you have some kind of surprise uh, it's it's hard to just win based on rallies yeah so based on what you guys said what i understand is um there are different courts and each court has requires its own set of skills and like yeah, some players yeah. do well on some courts and yeah. for some other players other type of courts are in favor yeah. so looking at all this i think training becomes a very important factor and coaching for these players how is the coaching and training 
going on for our indian players and uh, is it one of them one of the reasons why one of our players can't get into those elite uh, list of players yeah yeah i think coaching is quite important more than coaching i would say it's training coaching is more about who is your coach uh, but for example let's say players who uh, train in spain or or latin america they have more clay courts so they're more naturally suited to clay courts they've been playing on clay while they're growing up so they're kind of used to clay they feel at home on that surface and i think uh, at least in india i'm i don't think we have uh, too many courts at, at least for for someone who just picks up a racket they cannot immediately start uh, playing on a clay court or a grass court because it's expensive so i think money that is where money enters the picture and that is where i think india is going to struggle naturally because we have we have a large population and obviously that means we have large talent which is just unexplored and many of them do not even manage to uh, go beyond the initial rungs in the tennis circuit so um, how many of these players are training in india or like are they training abroad yeah, so most of them have at least spent some time training abroad which is kind of sad uh, but that's that is the reality uh, in fact ankita had given an interview on about on, uh, she was asked about training in india versus training abroad and one thing she mentioned was that coaching is not that much of a difference as long as your coach travels with you the main difference is the quality of players you get to practice with it balls with so most of the indian players they at least spend a few years uh, in north america or europe where they try to improve their game so i don't think there's anyone who is trained only in india and still managed to make it to the international yeah, yeah. I, i mean that's kind of uh, sad that we don't have that uh, facilities in india and i think this is kind of hindering the progress of our players also i think i was it uh, sumit or prajnesh was under this mission 2018 program where they wanted to get a grand slam for for india uh, can yeah. you talk a, can you talk a bit about that sarath yeah 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 it was uh, mission to 2018 it was actually sumit uh, it was started in 2008 by mahesh bhupati and it had like a 100 crore sponsorship from apollo tires like a big uh, money big amount of money for over a long period 10 years but the sad part for me at least is that uh, the corporates kind of didn't follow on their commitment like within 2 years they realized that their investment was not going to pay off anytime soon because they were investing in kids who were like 10 12 years old even even younger in some cases so they'll they'll at least need 10 years to actually reach the world stage so they pulled out after uh, after 2 years i think and uh, in ca- in case of sumit uh, bhupti managed to arrange some kind of training for him in canada so he could uh, he could continue with his game in fact i think he had a break in between but he managed to come back and then continue playing whereas the others who were selected the other kids i think around 20 kids perhaps in total mm. uh, i don't think all of them managed to continue playing this kind of like a bright start and then it just fizzled out within two years. Okay. yeah i think a big corporate company you know starting a project and uh, uh, taking it out after two years and not uh, staying on the commitments uh, i think that's very disappointing bihari yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, actually uh, you know just like from from just just to add to the point that we are discussing regarding training facilities and all i think 
I think also the the lack of tennis tournament, actually the high quality tennis tournament being played on home soil, like in India, is is a bit of contributing factor. Cause cause you know when when you when you have big tournament being organized in your like home nation, actually more of the people gets to watch it. It gets more popularity, and you know it it is being pursued by the the kids more more vigorously. I would say, basically. So uh, you know, like if 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 you would have basically you know the the high quality tournaments being organized in India, you know the the top tennis players coming to India, and you know you would get to watch some of them. I I think I think in this regard, actually the uh, the the pro tennis league we had something or like where where we had you know like some of the Roger and these top tennis players playing in India. I I think I think those kind of things will will also help build. Build the the Indian talents actually, uh, where they would uh, they would challenge the the world class players in tennis more often in single tournament. Right. Since we are covering Olympics and Indian chances at the Olympics as one of our primary topics, I want to know like what are the chances for tennis at Olympics? Yeah. So I think our best hope in tennis is in fact uh, mixed doubles because. Uh, i'm sure all all of those listening have heard of sanya mirza at some point uh, so she had taken a break from tennis uh, because i think she had she had a son recently i think maybe a couple of years ago and she has come back from that so it it was a struggle but uh, she has managed to come back and i think she even won a tournament uh, but but the important question is to see who sh- who she is going to partner with uh, because she is an excellent doubles player uh, but she needs to find a partner both in women's doubles or um, even in mixed doubles so the qualification would be based on the combined ranking of the two players so we also need like perhaps you could partner with bopanna because he also has a decent uh, doubles ranking so yeah at least in mixed doubles uh, if you guys remember in 2016 we lost the bronze medal match we were quite close to getting an olympic medal again but we couldn't so this time maybe but both of them are much older now uh, in in fact 5 years older due to the extra year extra years break so i'm not sure uh, how good our chances are but that that's that is still our best hope and that kind of says something about the lack of young people coming up if we are still relying on sanya mirza and rohan bopanna who entered the scene almost more than a decade ago uh, i think in case of sumit uh, he still needs to improve his ranking uh, to around i think 70 to 75 to qualify because only the top 56 can qualify for the olympics draw and a few of them would drop out and a few of them they'll have a restriction on nationality they'll have quotas so based on that i think he needs to reach around 70 75 whereas right now he's around 130 so he really needs to uh, perform maybe at the french open that would be perhaps the last tournament before the qualifiers where there's a lot of points available so yeah let's and clay is in fact his favorite surface and even right now he's going to train he's going to participate in, in the clay court atp 250 tournaments in latin america so i i think if he has a good clay season uh, he could qualify for the olympics but it's a very very uh, uphill task so just to understand who was the who were the guys who who lost the semi finals or the bronze medal match in 2016 olympics uh it was uh bopanna and mirza sanya mirza okay the same okay the same pair probably they will, they might also play in the tokyo olympics again 
because i think that's the best pair for for our mixed doubles yeah yeah because qualification depends on the rankings and yeah in fact in india we have had some issues uh, with players not wanting to play with each other uh, not wanting to pair up but i think for the olympics they'll have to put those differences aside and just play together uh, i think rohan also has a chance in uh, doubles with divij sharan who is uh, he's he's a 34 year old and a specialist doubles player in fact he also played in the australian open uh, first but he also couldn't make it beyond the first round but R- rohan and divij they are both ranked uh, i think inside top 60 and perhaps very close to 50 mm. so they have a good chance to qualify but i'm not sure about their medal chances i think the medal chances are still in mixed doubles right i think once you are playing for your country i think they should come together they should put all the differences aside end of the day you are representing india at uh, at the olympics i think you should keep your differences aside when you are playing for your country uh, right so let's uh, move on to the other updates in other sports so i think we have discussed a uh, lot about tennis and our chances and how the scene is right now uh, so let's start with uh, badminton sir since we discussed about badminton in the last podcast uh, and we i think we have few updates over uh, badminton and uh, olympic chances yeah yeah i have a brief update on badminton actually uh, in mixed doubles uh, remember we talked about satvik and ashwini doing quite well uh, in the tournaments which happened in thailand and their ranking has in fact improved from 35th to 19th uh, after their good show although they didn't win the tournaments and for the olympics they'll take the top 16th uh, top 16 teams uh, and in fact i made a small calculation adjusting for the quota rules in the olympics and based on my calculation although they are 19th their effective ranking is 15th because a few teams will get eliminated due to nationality uh, based quotas so i think they have a very good chance like uh, they 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 are going to qualify for sure if they can continue uh, this kind of form in in the tournaments in march so that that is quite good and the negative kind of news is that uh, sai pranith who was in the top 10 but he couldn't continue playing in the tournaments after he tested positive for covid uh, he is dropped out of the top 16 so the top 16 in singles is the automatic qualification so in singles right now his his rank has slipped to 17th so and there's going to be a, a tremendous competition in the tournaments in march so unless he really picks it up in feb uh, and plays well in the tournaments in march he'll find it hard to qualify okay a bit of uh, positive and negative news coming together i don't know if i have to be happy or sad yeah <laughs> anyways so one one other happy news for all our indian fans is india was able to win the second test match against england and it was a freakish show at chennai chapok bihari you want to comment on that just just one thing that uh, you know it was ashwin has becoming i i don't know what he has becoming you know just just a determined player who can do anything he wants to <laughs> on his yeah. day i think it was a pure masterclass from the many of the players i think uh, we showed like batting masterclass and and uh, bowling masterclass especially especially on the pitch and the next test match will be in ahmedabad day night test match with the pink ball and we'll be discussing more about that and uh, around cricket indian cricket in our next podcast uh, 
so stay tuned to our podcast keep uh, listening to our podcast um and we will end the podcast now so any closing comments sarath and bihari yeah actually we got a lot of feedback based on our first uh, episode from many people so i couldn't thank all of them uh, personally but yeah thank you for your feedback and we have tried to incorporate it as much as we can so we hope you like this episode even better thank you for listening and for your feedback thank you so much guys for listening to the podcast see you in episode 3